Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Priority Status by J Public Relations. I'm Sarah Evans, partner at JPR. Today, we're here with Alan Firstman, founder, chairman, and CEO of Montage International, and Michael Firstman, co-founder and creative director of Pendry Hotels and Resorts. Montage International is the ultra-luxury hospitality management company behind unrivaled Montage Hotels and Resorts and the design and culture-focused Pendry Hotels and Resorts. In addition, they are the management company behind Montage Residences, Pendry Residences, and some of the country's premier golf courses and clubs. Together, this dynamic father-son duo has handpicked the right locations for the brand and are creating hotels and experiences that represent each location. We'll talk to them about where their love for hotels started, what it's like to be a father-son team, several of their aha moments, and where they're headed. Let's get started. Alan and Michael, welcome. So glad you guys are here. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you. As I told them when they walked into our office, how much we at JPR and myself admire what you guys have created. And um, we're super fans of both Montage and Pendry. So, um, Alan, how did you first start out in the industry? I started in the hotel business my senior year in high school. I got a part-time job as a doorman at a Marriott hotel in Saddlebrook, New Jersey. I grew up in New Jersey, not too far from where we are here, and uh, loved it. It was a great, great first job, essentially, and I went off to college and came back and worked every summer while I was going to school as a bellman. So my, my beginning was as, at the front door of a, of a hotel. Had you grown up staying in hotels, or did you have a love for hotels even before that bellman job? Well, my experience in a hotel were mostly Holiday Inn or Howard Johnson's at that time. So, no, not luxury by any means. And um, um, But I was fascinated by hotels from the moment uh, I, I started at the Marriott. And it was just, uh, it opened up a whole world to me. And I was just, uh, uh, it was a fascinating job. And um, realized you could, you could make a living or, or by having just, solid hospitality skills and just letting your personality shine and it was something that I really enjoyed doing as, as, a, as, a, as a kid. So you started at uh, the, as the Bellman in a Marriott in New Jersey. Tell us about Montage today and then we'll, we'll, we'll go backwards and figure out how you got there but tell us about Montage Hotels and Resorts today and, and the company and the hotels and give us the synopsis for anyone who may not know the brand. So Montage International today is eight hotels, six Montages and two Pendries. The six Montages are Montage Laguna Beach which was the first Montage we opened. Uh, Montage Beverly Hills, Montage Deer Valley, which is in Park City, Utah, Montage uh, Kapalua Bay in Maui, uh, Monta- Montage Palmetto Bluff, which is in Bluffton, South Carolina. Then uh, our- I stayed there. It's amazing. Thank you. And then our first international hotel we opened last year, Montage Los Cabos in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. And then on top of that, the two Pendries that are open are San Diego and Baltimore. So it's, uh, it's, those, those are hotels we're operating today, and we have a robust pipeline. We'll talk about some of, our, uh, some of the newer montages that are, that are in the works. That's incredible. And now, Michael, you're the co-founder and creative director of Pendry Hotels and Resorts. And how, how did you two decide to start Pendry? I, you, know, you opened the first one, I believe, in late 2014. Uh, 2017, 2017. Actually. But yeah. the inception, you launched the brand. Correct. 
in 20, late 2014, but Correct. the hotel didn't open its doors. Sorry about that. But, um, but tell us how the impetus behind Pendry being born out of Montage and, and how that differs. I should probably explain the positioning of Montage, which is ultra luxury. Okay. And is an ultra, uh, the, the, our view of the luxury world is there's only so many markets and destinations that were pro appropriate for ultra luxury. And as we, um, as we were developing Montage Hotels, we had a lot of opportunities to do other properties that we couldn't, the, the market dynamics were not necessarily perfect for ultra luxury. And we started looking at other, other alternatives based on the demand we were generating to do new properties. And Michael and I and Jason, who, who works with us, collaborated on creating a new, a new brand because there was a need in the marketplace. There you go. What he said. Yeah. So <laughs> no, it's uh, to expand a little bit. I think you know we we've we had a really we've had an amazing ride, um, you know, concepting bring to life montage, and our guests love it, and the positioning is great. Um, and to expand on what my dad just mentioned, we really felt the luxury market shifting and changing, certainly post recession, and we've been operating hotels for you know well over a decade and recognize that there's a new luxury customer that's sort of coming into being. And the idea was, you know, they're experiencing life differently, they're consuming the world differently, they're experiencing luxury differently, they travel differently. Um, we should be prepared for them, and it felt like the timing was right to introduce a complementary brand to Montage. So as we thought about that, we thought about what, what do they care about, what do they need? Um, how are they different? And we really honed in on the fact that they're, uh, this new wave of luxury customer cares much more about experiences over things. They're much more into art and design and culture and architecture and you know, pop culture and music and cultural cachet. And we just, we just thought it was really interesting to say, could we take what we've done, everything we've learned operating luxury hotels, ultra luxury hotels at the highest level, and combine that and focus that and channel it for the sensibilities of the next wave of luxury customer and end up with some sort of positioning of the best of design-focused hotels meets service-focused hotels. And we concepted the brand around that and have had you know, a, a really amazing sort of reception to the first few, uh, San Diego and Baltimore. And you know, with the proof of concept and with you know, great feedback, we've sort of been able to build this really nice collection of upcoming hotels that we're getting ready to, to bring to life. Um, so it's a great place. There's a lot of momentum behind the brand right now. Uh, we're really excited about it. So when you talk about this new, you know, this new wave of, of luxury and, and clients that, you know, may still be your ultra luxury, but are looking for something different, maybe in a different market um, or a different kind of trip, for example, are were you looking at millennials? I know that term is so overused, but was it was it a certain age demographic, or was it a certain, or was it just generally you saw this in travelers at all? Yeah, uh, it almost feels cliche to say you know it's psychographic, not demographic at this point, but it's very true. I mean, certainly we're thinking about how the millennials are consuming the world, but I think that the, the world sort of changed and reset a bit after the recession, and. You know, people in general have become more aware of the impact of design and culture on their lives mm -hmm. and are seeking that out. So we certainly think about the millennials. We think about who is the rising luxury customer, you know, 
late 20s, grew up around luxury from their parents, but maybe are more connected to the scene and what's happening today. And on the flip side, we think about the guest that's, you know, a 50, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, luxury aficionado stays at, can afford to stay anywhere in the world, stays at Montage and Four Seasons and Peninsula, but they are staying relevant longer. They are seeking out um, newer, more interesting ways to sort of spend their social time. Uh, and we think that, you know, sort of really honing in on this, for us, we think about life through the lens of a mid to late 30s sort of person because it's just an easy way to think about, you know, you've had enough experiences, you're mature, there's a, a sophistication level, but youthful enough to appreciate what's new and what's next and what's coming. So we have a pretty wide, you know, r range of ages of guests, and there's certainly a lot of crossover with our montage brand within that. Uh, but the psychographic of sort of a mid-30s sort of mindset is really what we're after. No, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Um, I'm not a millennial, but I really, I mean, I guess I'm a little bit fringe. I'm, I'm an old, a... I'm a old soul millennial. I'm, I just <laughs> made the cutoff and the difference between me and my brother who's eight years, my junior is vast. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Which is, I guess he's Gen Z. He's a millennial. No, we're both. He's a we're, we're, the, both we're the we're the we're the the straddles ends of the. I'm the I'm an old millennial. He's a young millennial. But uh, it's there's there's a noted difference in how we live our lives and consume the world. It's very it's crazy. Funny. I know. I like to think I have a millennial mindset, even though I didn't make the cut. But I do too. I know, right? I don't think it's even an age now. Whereas I, I don't want to be. A, I'm, I am, and I'm like I don't want to be. <laughs> well, I get think me out it, of this it, space. The, you know, the millennial. It was such a you know, derogatory term, yeah, know. if you such will, a, for so long. Such a silly now, buzzword for I, so long. Well, I guess if he was a millennial, he'd still be living at home. True, <laughs> true. Um, <laughs> I don't know. No I mean, comment. But, um, so I, that, it's really interesting to me and the difference between the ultra-luxury and the luxury, but you're both creating these experiences and cultural moments and really looking at the locations are, are very deliberate for both for everything you're doing. Yeah. I think with both brands, we saw a shift in the market. And when we started Montage, the premise was that old world luxury was too stuffy and too pretentious, and the next generation of luxury consumer wanted less scripted, greater sense of place, much more gracious and a humble approach to hospitality. So that was the hallmark of montage culture, montage service, delivering service in, in, in a much more personalized way. And what year was your first montage? 2003 was, the, okay. was when Montage Laguna Beach opened. So that was the idea where in a, you could be in the finest luxury hotels but not have to wear a tie and jacket. You could be as comfortable in jeans in a, in a great restaurant. Um, and 25 years ago, that was not the case. Mm -hmm. And 25 years ago, um, Luxury hotel companies were building the same property in Boston as they did in Maui. It was the, the there was less um, paid on le less attention on bringing the locale into it, and I thought that the next generation was looking for a much more authentic experience and a, with a sense of discovery. So we built Montage around that, that each hotel would be reflective of the environments of which we operated, and what could transfer from property to property would be that that uh, style of service, but certainly the aesthetic and the design and the feel would be very local in nature. So, so we stayed very true to that. And I expected that was the premise 
as it related to the next generation of consumers. But what we found out was that the older generation of luxury travelers, we didn't need all that pretentiousness either. We're, you know, we, 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 we can wear jeans. We're as comfortable. We love that, too. So that was, that was kind of a, what drove the montage concept a little bit different than what the industry was doing. And similarly, what we've done on the Pendry side is you have an aging customer that discovered lifestyle hotels when they were young. We're staying at the early Schrager and W Hotels, great hotels as far as action and vibe and energy, um, but not as much attention necessarily to the quality of the guest rooms, the size of the rooms. You might have Surly Dorman downstairs as part of the scene, but that customer's age matured a little bit, so now they still want the vibe and the energy and the excitement, but they want the levels of service that is montage's DNA. So when we combine those two things with Michael's driving the aesthetic and the design and the feel, coupled with our history of service, it created, uh, filled another need in the marketplace. So part of the success of both brands has been that we're trying to find something that's needed in the brand. It wasn't about creating another replica of an existing luxury concept and doing it. We thought there was a need and that the consumers would react favorably to it and so far so good so far so good and so you you know when you you have deliberately decided you're going to do all of this you're speaking to a a client that wants the the ultra luxury experience the service but in an approachable way where they can come in and wear you know jeans and a polo and feel really comfortable or shorts or flip-flops or whatever it is being in you know um so you pick these locations how do you go about designing a locale-specific experience around the location? Do you all sit in a, you know, is there a team that you have that you're saying, okay, what are the, the non-negotiables for this property or when you're forward thinking? I'm curious how you're creating. Yeah. You want to drive or you want me to drive on this one? Um, go ahead. I'll okay. start and then I'll finish. Yeah, so, I, I mean, there's, there's no shortcut. You have to live it and experience it and spend the time in the market before you decide that this is the opportunity we want to pursue. I think when we look at a Pendry Hotel, you know, we don't have one aesthetic that defines the brand. And I think that's a real advantage for us. Um, We have, you know, a quality level and a sensibility and a sophistication level that ties everything together, you know, hotel to hotel, product to product. But we don't have one look or one feel. We approach a market and a neighborhood and a specific site and say, what's our point of view? What's the highest and best use point of view? What's missing in the market? What can we add? What statement can we make? And we try to find the right thing. And it's always a balance of what is happening there right now and what's missing and how can we push the bar forward? And how can we take concepts that are outside of the market and bring them in and have this really nice balance of you know, locally inspired, do right by the neighborhood, embrace it, but push it forward. And I think that's where a lot of brands actually miss. There's this whole, you know, local, local, local. There's this whole push for everything being local. If you're just all local, you're by nature copying everything else that's been done around you. So I do think it's our responsibility as hoteliers to really kind of be in some regard a reflection of the culture that's happening around us. But in another sense, push it forward and sort of show people the things they didn't even know they wanted yet. And that's, if you can execute on that, that's really special. So those are, that's how we start. That, that's sort of how we start to look at it. And then it's, um, 
again, there's no what, there's no shortcut around it. We just have to do the work and put ourselves into those markets and you know get to know the right interesting people there to help us understand each place and then uh, you know craft the story from there. Bring in great partners and execute it. I mean, Baltimore is such an interesting market. I grew up in the yeah. DC area, and when you were opening. <clears throat> Baltimore, and you know there are other luxury, few other luxury products there now. Um, but it's an interesting market. When you were researching Baltimore, did one, I mean you both did one or both of you spend a lot of time there, or how did you? Yeah, I spent a ton of time there. We so we we were pitched the opportunity to do something in Baltimore. We had just launched San Diego. We we, we had announced San Diego, capitalized it. We were about to announce West Hollywood. We were starting to tell some folks that we were doing it. And uh, a good friend and now our partner there, Kevin Plank, the founder and CEO of Under Armour, approached us to say, would you want to collaborate on something in my hometown in Baltimore? And to be, you know, I've, I've told this story enough times now, but to be totally honest, I, our first impression was, not really. No, we don't <laughs> know. Ba Baltimore's not on our list. It's not a place that we'd think we'd want to be. But, you know, we kept an open mind and... Uh, wanted to give it a fair shake because you know Kevin's a, a visionary and had a had a lot has a lot of love for his hometown and spoke so highly of this particular building in this neighborhood so we went to take a look at it and we're completely blown away and taken aback by what is happening in Baltimore in general it's a great food scene mm -hmm. you're close to a lot of you know you're on the sea and you're also close to a lot of farms so it's there's great seafood and there's unbelievably like locally grown locally harvested great produce um lots of really cool sort of little boutique -y retail shops that have popped up uh the position where our hotel is in in fells point it's all cobblestone streets it looks like a movie set so just from a from a kind of brand experience uh product experience we thought this was something spectacular and it's an adaptive reuse of this amazing old you know pier uh so we we fell in love with the opportunity and that was you know how do we really embrace Baltimore and Maryland and, and, you know, again, do it the right way. And so, yeah, I, I you know, we spent, I don't know, a couple of weeks to a month uh, on and off at a time really living there, um, you know, staying in different hotels, experiencing them, eating all over, eating blue, eat, crabs. Eating blue crabs, smashing them with a mallet, uh, you know, sp trying Spike Yerdy's restaurants, like really bouncing around the city and trying to learn the different neighborhoods, you know, Try to understand the scene in Mount Vernon. Try to understand Fells Point. How's that different than Harbor East? Uh, you know, just just get to know what other operators. What touches you put in the hotel? So you spend the hotel, spend yeah. the time there, and then how do you translate that into your opening or, or what you have in the hotel today? Yeah. So uh, let's see. Collaborations. So we did a really cool bag collaboration with the Trees and Toting guys, or a couple of young uh, people that you know uh, were. One was a tailor, and one was a entrepreneur, and they created this amazing bag company. And we've got their you know, retail product in the store. Uh, you know, the restaurant is uh, it's an Italian steakhouse, and. Um, it also has like some unbelievable, you know, crab and oysters, and we we tailored a we tailored a Maryland Italian steakhouse, but found actual notes that resonated that there was you know the building that we were in was the original port of immigration in the city of Baltimore. It was the second busiest port uh, behind Ellis Island for a while, and Italian immigrants were the number one uh, immigrant class they came through, and we're like, wow, that's actually really amazing, and. 
So we sort of brought that back into this building. We found three different cannons that were, so the hotel is literally built on a pier and the rooms float over the water. We had to drill these pylons into the pier to, to build it back up and resupport it. We found three different cannons that were in the water that were there dating back to the 1600s. Apparently Europeans would come over and trade and they would come over with cannons for protection on their boats and you know, protection from pirates. Wow. And they would get to, they would get here, I guess, to the colonies at that point, uh, and they would stock up on produce and goods and whatever, spices, whatever, and they'd have this choice to make. Do they take more stuff back with them and drop their cannons overboard, or do they take less stuff and keep their cannons for protection? A lot of people decided to just take their chances, and they would dump the cannons over the side. So there's this, like, graveyard of cannons that were underneath the site, so we took those out, and we dropped one of them in. We have a whiskey bar on property. We cut a hole out of the floor, lowered the cannon into it, lit it, put a piece of glass over it, and the room is now called the cannon room. And it's this, like, amazing, bespoke sort of gentleman's parlor whiskey bar. It's incredible. Uh, and we have another couple that are standing guard at the end of our property. Uh, there's lots of little touches like that. and Star-Spangled Banner. Star-Spangled Banner. We have the lyrics to Star-Spangled Banner uh, in, the, in, in an art piece at the arrival experience of the hotel. There's an unbelievable light and space-based uh, piece of art at the top of the ramp of, our, of, of the arrival experience of the hotel uh, by a South Korean artist who lives and works in Baltimore, who's an amazing guy. Um, just... You know, and then the, on the most basic sort of simple level is making friends with people in the community that will support you, right? And we'll tell the story of, like, these are good people with a good brand. They're good operators. Uh, they've created a culture that's inclusive. They want everybody to come, come one, come all. It creates this amazing thing for the community. Like, I have a lot of friends in Baltimore now that hang out at the hotel, that support it, uh, that send us business, but more importantly are just you know, good friends. So... It's, it's, you know, it's part, some of the, one of the most fun parts of the business and what we do is, like, throwing ourselves into these communities and getting to know them and living it. And then, you know, we come out and we work on other projects, but then we always get to go back and see them. And, and that's just you know, one example. You multiply it by eight, ten times uh, in each market. We try and do that. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's an amazing process. Well, you know, process. when you were talking about that, so uh, the memorial, two Memorial Days ago, we had about 20 of us, my business partner, myself, and our family stayed at Montage Palmetto Bluff. And we, um, we did this low country boil. We did all of these indicative South Carolina experiences that really we felt like, because we went to school in North Carolina, went to spend a lot of time in that area. But I don't live there now. And so going back, I felt like staying at Palmetto Bluff, we got all of these in, you know, really unique experiences. And that's what that our guests tell us. It's not just, when you go to a resort today, it's not just about being pampered. You really want to experience um, the environment. You want to experience the low country at Palmetto Bluff. When you go to Hawaii, you want the aloha spirit. The uh, ukulele lessons is one of the most popular things we do, both for the kids and adults, or laymaking. We have a cultural ambassador that um, that speaks to uh, the importance and, stu of, and the stewardship of, of, of our little piece of paradise there and of the Hawaiian culture and spirit. So um, as we integrate those things into our properties, um, it really sends a message of, uh, of community and stewardship and, and, again, this sense of discovery that our guests really find appealing. 
It really, it's, it is so interesting, and I'm sure you've seen the industry even evolve to this, to speak more to it over the past, you know, from 2003 till now. But now take us back. You started as a bellman in New Jersey. You now have, you know, Montage International. How did you open, how did you get from the Bellman in New Jersey to 2003 opening Montage? So after I graduated from college, I was just going to take a year off before going to graduate school. And the person that I'd worked for in New Jersey was opening a resort in California, in Rancho Mirage, California, Rancho Las Palmas Resort. And that general manager convinced me, he says, he says, if you're coming out to California anyway just to take a year off, please open the hotel as my bell captain for me. So it was a great opportunity. I thought it would be a fun adventure. And I got to open a resort. Um, and I saw it through the eyes of a general manager, and I got hooked. I fell in love with the hotel business, the complexity of opening a resort, um, the dynamics that all went into it, and then getting the insight from a mentor and someone quite my senior, but someone that was um, willing to share and, and, and teach, um, got me incredibly hooked on the business, and I decided this is what I wanted to do. I, my aspiration was to run a great hotel, a great resort one day. So that led me, so I decided to forget graduate school, went through Marriott's management training program, worked my way up through Marriott relatively quickly because it was their big growth years and some very interesting jobs, running the front office and front desk. I ran a housekeeping department, which was an incredible experience. I learned so much about what makes a hotel really work and um, part of what became the foundation for Montage, I drew upon my experiences running a major department the, in the uh, housekeeping department, how important respect was for every position in an organization. And it, it all built a foundation of how I ultimately would run, it, would run a company one day. So I worked my way through, through Marriott, position after position, and got to, got to open some of their uh, really great hotels. And I was the hotel manager. I opened the, their flagship resort in, in California, Desert Springs. Um, and then um, I was recruited to, to run the Sheraton El Conquistador in Tucson, Arizona. I went there as a general manager. I ran that hotel, a country club, as well as started doing their resort development work. We acquired the Phoenician Resort in Scottsdale, Arizona as part of that. I went to the Phoenician where I got to run one of the most incredible resort, maybe the top, probably the top resort in the country at that time. I was running that hotel and overseeing a group of luxury hotels from there. Um, I had the St. Regis in Aspen, the St. Regis in Houston, some other hotels that were part of my responsibility in addition to being the managing director uh, at the Phoenician. Uh, and then I was recruited um, to open and run Bellagio in Las Vegas. So I, I, I thought that was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity with, the, with, with the, the, the vision that Steve Wynn had was to uh, bring luxury to Las Vegas. And uh, in running the Phoenician was large-scale luxury at 650 rooms. Now we were going to do it for 3,000 rooms. So I loved the challenge. I loved the idea of being able to do what we did on a smaller scale, on a much larger scale. And we had great success doing that. But as I was going through the process, I had this entrepreneurial spirit. I really had this uh, uh, desire to create. And after the success I had at the Phoenician Resort, where we were part of the acquisition, where we acquired that whole hotel for $240 million. And four years later, when I left, the value of that hotel was closer to $500 million. Wow. And, and that was in large part because of the 
tremendous increase in revenue and profits and with a great service culture. And I said to myself... That's a big jump over a short period of time. Ex exactly. And I, and, and I said that... It, with, with, and I started thinking that with the right properties, the right assets, the right hotels, married with the right style of kind of service, that we can create incredible value. And that started percolating in my mind. And then I... And as... Through my years at Bellagio, the few years I was there, and I started thinking about would I want to create something new on my own, it, it, I, I, my sense was that the luxury hotel world was being dominated by companies that were getting quite large, 40, 50, 60 hotels. And I thought luxury would be really better served by a smaller company and that, um, that, that, I, that there was, and, and that, as I mentioned earlier, that the style of luxury was shifting as well. Couple that with um, a style of service uh, and finding the right properties. Then the key was raising some capital, which I did, and um, putting together a company that ultimately became Montage. How did you pick Laguna Beach as your first destination? Shortly after, uh, shortly after I launched the company, um, and I launched the. At the end of 2001, 2002, it was, so if you go back to post 9-11, the hotel industry was in um, a difficult time. The, the, this great uncertainty and, and, um, and my premise for starting the business as I was raising the capital was the belief that um, we'd be able to buy some luxury, if I could raise some capital, then we could buy some luxury assets at a discount because because the, um, the performance was, were down, the market was down, and we'd see a repeat of what happened 10 years earlier, which was the RTC debacle, where luxury assets were trading at a discount. Well, that didn't happen after 9-11, but that was what I thought was going to happen. So I was going to buy, I thought we'd buy a hotel, an existing hotel, and then I would build a brand around a hotel that we bought, and that's how I would grow it. Well, when I started looking for hotels to buy, we'd raise the capital, looking for hotels to buy, um, didn't find those kinds of assets available, but what had dried up was capital for new build opportunities. And I uh, met with a developer that was trying to capitalize a project in Beverly Hills, which ultimately became Montage Beverly Hills, and our they're our development partner, Athens. And they wanted to show with me, show to me one of the projects they were working on, which was Laguna Beach, as an example of the kind of work they, they do as it related to Beverly Hills. When I stepped on the grounds at Laguna Beach, I knew this would be the ideal platform to grow a brand from. It, would be the, it, it, it was this incredible oceanfront location in a luxury market, and I just had this, it, it was an aha moment. I, it, just, it was incredible, and our, my partners, were, uh, believed in the vision that that, that that we could do it there, so we invested and. Um, it was, was a good decision. It was a great, it really it was a great is decision. The so, most spectacular yeah, setting. Yeah, and uh, so, so that that Laguna Beach, the property there was actually owned at the time by Marriott, and they were developing it as an independent Ritz Carlton, and it was they were going to call it the Laguna Beach Colony, and. Um, it was again. It was post 9/11, and we were able to uh, work out a deal that made sense, and for us, in great sense, uh, to create to create a brand. That's so exciting. I mean, it really is a tremendous story when you think about. I was so curious to know how you get from, you know, New Jersey to Laguna Beach, and then where you are today. Obviously. Yeah, it's um, a bunch of building blocks. Um, 
I was fortunate um, to have worked for some great people in our industry and learned quite a bit and couple that with um, with with opportunities and trying to create opportunities. Was your biggest aha moment to date stepping on the grounds of Laguna Beach, what is today, the Laguna Beach property, which is today Montage Laguna Beach? And no, I mean, we step on a lot of great sites, but it's a long process from stepping on the site to actually becoming a reality. It was clearly, it would be amazing if we could do it. It took months to get it from... It's great. A to, a to Z. But, but the aha, the, the, the real trick was from the day we closed to, to opening that hotel a year later was building all the infrastructure of a brand and creating what would be the template of Ultimate Game Montage. When, when we bought that, when our partners bought the site, um, I hadn't even had the name Montage yet. I had called my company the Platinum Hotel Group. And that was just a placeholder name because I thought we'd be acquiring an existing hotel and whatever we acquired would become the brand. So, so prior to closing on the, on the opportunity, I had to come up with a brand very quickly. That's so exciting. And so what are some other career-defining moments that you've had? And I'm sure they date back pre-montage even. But since, since starting the brand and now launching Pendry and working with your son, are there several moments that you just have stopped and said, wow, you know, I I can't believe we're here, and I and really, you know, process what what you're doing today. Every once in a while, I remember sitting on a tractor with Michael when we broke ground in um, we broke ground in, in uh, San Diego for the very first Pendery, and 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 that was an unbelievable moment where. Um, it was more of a stage picture, mind you. We weren't actually operating the tractor, but we were standing there. We just done the shovel in the ground, and I looked at them. This is unbelievable. There's it's some amazing. good ones. There's it's amazing. The first pitch we ever had for Pendry Hotels was was it, that was uh, that was a moment. That was that was uh, we we had come up with the concept in a short amount of time. We'd created a brand around it. We pitched for our first opportunity, and we could feel. We could feel it going over well in the room, and we were like, whoa, there's something here, and decided after that, you know, whether or not we end up getting that opportunity, there's something to this positioning. It's going to resonate. The market is going to view us as being credible on executing on this vision. We should chase that, and that was a very specific moment. That Do you remember that first pitch looking out? We were on the 30 or the 40th? The rainbow? Floor. Yeah. We, yeah. Looked, we looked out the window of the high-rise in downtown LA, we're making the pitch, and behind us is Rainbow Appears. Yeah. That's amazing. Unbelievable. I'll tell you what, I had another one today. I'm walking, we had, uh, we're building at Manhattan West with Brookfield, a Pendry Hotel here in the city. We're in New York, by the way. Uh, and I, I, you know, I had a meeting over there today, and for the first time, it's been a couple months since I've been here, and since the last time I was here, the building actually came out of the ground, and I happened wow. to be, we were walking away from our meeting, and I was walking on 33rd Street, which is where a hotel is, and all of a sudden I see this undulating building that's, you know, reminiscent of these renderings that we'd created, and I'm like, oh my god, this... That is our hotel that's in New York. Our hotel. That's it. And I'm seeing it for the first time. That's pretty. And if we can do it in New York, we amazing. can do it anywhere. So. I, I had an aha moment in airplane. We had just opened Deer Valley. I'm flying back from Deer Valley to Orange County, and I'm, there's a couple sitting in front of me, 
and they open up this magazine. They open the Departures magazine, and there's a feature on me and Montage Deer <laughs> Valley. Amazing. That's amazing. They open up, and, I'm, and you know, sometimes look between the crack of the seat, and they're pointing at me, talking about Montage and Deer Valley, and they and, and, and I, was, I just said, "Wow!" And I, I, I and I and I'm a little shy sometimes about introducing myself and things. I, I couldn't resist that time. I said, "That's pretty nice. <laughs> it's me." And, it's, and I, I. I it, I hardly ever do anything like that, but it was so surreal that the brand was um, was being recognized, and um, we still get that way. It, it, I'm it always just, shocked anybody's ever heard of a Pendry Hotel or or even a Montage still. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it, you know it's it's we're we're. Um, I would say one. It's probably one of Obviously the I mean, people you guys know are... our our brands, and we're very proud of them, and they should know them. But at the same time, there's this feeling of, I can't believe that we get to create things, and people consume them and know them, and they make their way into you know culture and pop culture. It's crazy. We started out pitching the hotels first montage, then Pendry. When I would start a montage story, they'd say, <laughs> "Tell us what's going to be different about montage." Uh, here we go, and and you, it, it's it's. Um, it, it, so for so long we got conditioned where we're going to have to tell them and explain what montage is, and now we start going to make presentations. They've stayed at half a dozen of our hotels, and and it, it, the dynamic has changed a bit. But I still feel that we got to start in the beginning all the time, and it generally starts with have you ever stayed with us because it's so experiential, yeah. and it, it's interesting. When we try and describe montage and pendry. Uh, all hotel companies do a really good job of describing the vision of, yeah. of of it. And when I would start talking about Montage, I realized I'm talking like every other hotel. I mean, you know, sense of place. and People have all adopted that. And then I found that it finally dawned on me, it's execution. It's what our people are doing in the properties every day and how well we connect with our guests and how well we deliver on the promise that really has differentiated us as a brand. And, how, and, and that is the pressure. And I used to, I tell our team all the time that when we first opened a few hotels, expectations were low. Um, so it was easy to exceed expectations. Now the pressure's much greater. Great. We have, we've had such great early success, so now we have to work that much harder because guests are coming in with a much higher level of expectation because quite often a friend has said, hey, you got to try it. And like, it's human nature to say, well, if that friend said it was great, I'll prove them it's not that great, you know, or whatever. So we have to try really hard to exceed expectations, and um, that's the challenge we love. We're, one, one of the things that Michael and I share, we're highly competitive. We, we, we really want to do well and compete, and um, it, it drives us every day to do a better job taking care of our guests, taking care of our associates, and, um, and doing something special in this amazing industry. Absolutely. But you guys are also so humble and approachable like you can really tell that we're just pretending really for you this. no, no it's just, yeah. um i i really get excited you know that that i get to work in hotels in the travel industry i mean you can tell when you guys are talking about it the genuine love you have for the industry and that it really does you don't take this for granted for a second and um the fact that you two get to work together as well so what was the moment that you decided okay i'm gonna work for your dad or that you're that you recruit alan you recruited michael and said okay let's do this together um, it was sort of a slow build, honestly. So I, I started, uh, you know, I didn't know if I was, I always grew up around the hospitality industry. I didn't know that I necessarily wanted to 
commit to Not having to interrupt a career. you, but did you live in all of these different places? I was wondering that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Phoenix, Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I judge my, like, I, I think about my childhood by when and where I was in school. So I was like, in Tucson, I, I, we lived in Tucson. I was there from third grade to fifth grade. In Phoenix, we was there from sixth grade to ninth grade. And Palm Desert. Vegas was after that. Yeah, so, so yes, we moved around. I think I lived in 15 different places um, before I graduated college. So wow. we moved around a lot. Um, but it was great, and, you know, I think it informed me and prepared me for a lot of other things in life. And, uh, yeah, so, so as far as the hospitality industry is really concerned, you know, my first job was a pool tenant at the Bellagio at age 15. And I love that, obviously. Best job ever. Um, <laughs> Best job ever. Is an understatement. <laughs> Couldn't we all uh, just do that forever? <laughs> if, if only. Uh, and then I worked, you know, I was in college in Boston. I worked at the Charles Hotel and worked every front of house job there you could work. I mean, I was, I was the overnight night audit. I was the front desk associate. I was a concierge. I was worked at PBX. I was a bellman for a while. I was like a utility guy just plugged me in on a schedule wherever after a while and that's that's what I did um and it was it was fun and I loved it and I learned a ton about hospitality but I also learned that I didn't think I was necessarily going to be an operator um and then I you know as I was finishing college I I launched an internet startup company with a couple guys that looked like it was going to be incredibly successful then unfortunately fizzled out and I moved to LA and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life and I, this was, this was, uh, 06 and I joined my dad in a owner's meeting, a development meeting for Montage Beverly Hills. And I sat in a room with him and the Athens group who was developing it, a group of people sitting around a table, looking at a set of plans, talking about, you know, architecture and design and guest experience and making value engineering decisions at the table. And for me, that was that was really the first time I ever saw any of that. Anytime I've ever saw anything or really thought about what happens before you open a hotel, before you're operating a hotel. And I was hooked. And uh, I went and knocked on the door of the guy that was running the Athens group at the time on the project for Beverly Hills and begged him to let me work for him as an intern for free. So I did that for almost a year. Uh, he was gracious enough to hire me on. I was like, I'll get coffee for everybody. I'll take measurements in the field, whatever. Uh, if you feel like I'm at some point adding value and you want to hire me, that would be awesome. But for now, like, I just want to, I just want to be around it and learn and see it. Uh, so I did that. And then we opened the hotel, the world fell apart. Um, you know, we opened the hotel like two months after Lehman Brothers collapsed and it was just an interesting time. And, uh, I'd really start, started to, uh, we had, con- had 76,000 square feet of for sale, super high-end residences at the top of the hotel. And as we were opening, it became very clear that the success of the project was in how well we sold the residential. And it became very clear that a big part of our business model, the success of Montage going forward would be how well do we do selling branded residential with these projects? Because it seemed like almost any project that we would have to be able to finance it, there'd have to be some sort of a sell-off of some residential to make the economics work. So I wanted to learn more about that part of our business. I went and got my real estate sales license. I sort of helped lead the team to sell the real estate at Montage Beverly Hills and then did that for a few years. And then I think I went, I went looking for an opportunity. 
Uh, as soon as we hired on Jason Herthel, who's now our president and COO, we brought him in to be our VP of Acquisitions Development many years ago, and super dynamic guy. Uh, coming out of the recession, we sort of, you know, under my dad's leadership, sort of decided to take a more proactive uh, role in in uh, growing the brand and uh, you know, looking for more opportunities and. I went to go work for Jason to go on, you know, on in acquisitions development side of our business to, to start pitching for more montage opportunities and underwriting deals and getting back to that part of development that I fell in love with around a table, you know, a few years earlier. So, and then it's been a slow process from there. We'd have actually, and up until recently, my dad and I never really worked together that collaboratively. It was, you know, I was working for Jason and with our acquisitions development team, um, you know, pitching opportunities and, and sort of making things happen. Uh, but until we really developed Pendry, and now now we're, you know, on the road together all the time and sort of sort of sharing the vision of both brands and articulating the business plan for, for both brands and for the company um, and working with our respective teams. So now it's, now it's awesome, but it, it, there, wasn't, there wasn't one aha moment where it was like, hey, we should be doing should this. Do you know, really together, it was, I, I just sort of, you know, fell more and more in love with the industry and with, you know, our business and the, you know, brand montage. Um, and, and, and then ultimately the opportunity to create Pendry. And now it's, uh, yeah, now we're together all the time. It's great. And I saw you were a political science major. Did you, what was the impetus behind that <laughs> in, in college? Honestly, uh, I had, I, I just, it's silly to say this. Um, I knew I wasn't going to be an engineer or, or, or a math major necessarily. Uh, I always gravitated toward more traditional liberal arts, like, uh, history classes, English classes. I was a reading, writing, uh, type, type of person. Wanted to get through college and, uh, feel like I could, you know, learn how to, uh, <laughs> learn how to communicate better with the world and sort of be inspired by all these things. Um, and I just, when I, I looked up one morning and realized I'd taken six political science courses. I, maybe I, this is the major I should take. Um, I just, without even planning it, I gravitated toward poli-sci courses and I liked, I liked that, uh, you know, I loved history, but I liked the sort of application of history and then really sort of extrapolating forward and postulating and theorizing that sort of felt more in line with poli-sci. So anyway, I, um, I enjoyed it. It was great, but I had no specific plan of how to utilize that. I just took courses I liked. And Alan, you were a political science major too, correct? I, w I was, and um, I think probably motivated. I'm a news junkie, so current events were always appealing to me. And even when I was young, and I remember being fixated with the Watergate hearings and all that was going on. So I gravitate, gravitated toward the political science. And uh, one of the most interesting things I got to do was during college, I actually uh, interned on Capitol Hill. I uh, interned for a senator, and uh, it was a great experience and a lot of fun. And uh, it, went, it, went, it was uh, quite memorable. I, and I'm sure political science courses today, I was a political science major as well. They probably are a little bit different today. I'm sure they're <laughs> maybe more. Yeah, can't, can't, can't even imagine. Yeah, and, and I, I was incredibly fortunate because 
Sometimes it's a luck of the draw, and I happened uh, when I was looking for an internship on this program. You had as part of the Washington program that I was at, you had like, an internship. I just made a cold call on a door of a young senator, uh, the youngest senator at the time from Delaware, and uh, I interned for Joe Biden. So it was oh my an gosh. amazing experience. I was wondering when you said Delaware if yeah. it was Joe Biden, but yeah. that's and and now are you still in touch with him today? Does yes. he? Yeah, I, I, we hadn't been for many years, and then we reconnected um, a few years back. Um, uh, another senator who I had met made the introduction, Barbara Boxer, had, had uh, reintroduced us, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm become it's uh, amazing how the world quite works. reacquainted, a big supporter. Um, and so the father-son duo, are, are there any challenges of working together? But you said, Michael, you're not working, you know, so closely day to day, or you know, no, I mean, we, we work closely day to day now, for sure, um, very closely. And look, it's been it's been a really, really great relationship. We've always had a great relationship. It's been um, a great ride. I'd say the only the only challenge is we, we it's hard to turn it off. Right. It's we we're so excited about what we're doing. And we spent a lot of time together at home. You know, my dad's a, a recent grandfather. We have a two and a half year old little girl. We spend a lot of time with my with my parents. Um, we spend a lot of time with my siblings, and we'll, you know, ultimately we end up talking about we, my dad and I, end up talking about deals and travel, and and, and then we sort of have to veer back into normal life. So it's it's hard. I'd say balance is just really the hardest part. Um, but we love it, and it doesn't feel like we're working, and it's just things that we enjoy doing, and it's it's been pretty good. Yeah, because almost everything we do comes back to does it apply to what we're creating in the hotels. We all go out for dinner. We have restaurants everywhere, so if we see something really interesting or different, our minds are racing towards, oh, this is really cool. How about if we did that over there? Have you thought about a concept? So, Or if, we do, if we're playing golf, we, we run clubs and golf courses and it, it comes back to what we're creating the travel aspect of it but um the whole family's embraced and i we, we, how many we, children we do you have lifestyle. how many siblings do you have uh i'm the oldest of four so, so i've got two boys and two girls and all millennials all millennials all millennials and do they want to get involved they've all been involved at some point but but not not really um of the four siblings, the one, my my cross to bear, unfortunately or fortunately. Yeah, right now, one uh, is uh, in order. After Michael, I have a, a daughter who's an attorney in in Orange County, doing great work. Then I've got another daughter who is um, pastry chef by training, as well as uh, does work with well, us. She's now. great. She's been collaborating with us a lot too. Uh, it's um, been she has handled social awesome. media for us. That's uh, so and great. Some other really awesome. The company and, and has done quite a few things. And then uh, my youngest son actually is is, uh, is a musician. Was well, a filmmaker, but he's a musician also, and he's been playing music full time right now. Um, Singer songwriter type, guitar player, and sings, and he's been performing at some of our montages. So yeah. It's the, 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 it all comes full circle as a family is. business. Yeah, it's, I think uh, it's great. I mean, I think the whole world today. There's, you know, you talk about balance. It, it all blends together, and you know, we can be really fortunate. We work in an industry that's happy. That you know, you're creating experiences that people remember and, and yeah. stay stay with people, and you're creating these moments that, um, you know, the Low Country Boil in South Carolina. It, it was a big. It was. I tell you, family plays a big role. When we look at our business through the lens of our family, that it helps because 
we, we travel differently, but we, it, the kind of conversations we have, the input my wife gives and the input that, uh, that, that all the children give has been invaluable because we all see things a little bit differently mm -hmm. and they see things with a very critical eye in a very meaningful way. Um, so I'm reminded if something's not quite perfect. And, and, you know, I think that when we talk about demographics and the way people are traveling now, because, you know, millennials, the fringe millennials, we're all working so hard and so much. I've traveled, I've taken my kids all over the world. Oh, yeah. Because when I'm they not working, you know, I want to be with them. Exactly. And so I've taken them to... I don't know if it's a good thing or they're completely screwed. <laughs> but, you know, they've had these luxury experiences. Well, it's a good thing. They absorb so much. That's the, it, 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 it helps their sense of discovery and, and, and the amount of Exposure to different cultures. What they pick up is, which is, is awesome. Which is so important. I think so, too. So, okay, so now fast forward five, ten years. Where do you guys see Montage International? We're staring each other down and figure out who's. <laughs> yeah, you, um, you go. It's it's um, our focus is on the quality of our growth, not the quantity. So our commitment is that every property and every project we do is consistent with the brand expectations we've created, and the strength of what we're creating is is is, is staying true to our vision. So I think you'll continue to see steady growth, but it won't be growth for the sake of growth. Mm -hmm. So Montage, you'll see growth um, in key gateway cities in the U.S. and around the world. Tell us what's on the horizon for Montage. So for Montage, we're under construction in Healdsburg, which is Sonoma uh, County, California. This is idyllic. Incredible 130-room hotel in the, in, in the wine country, in the vineyards. It's going to be just amazing. And we're also under construction in Big Sky, Montana, Again, um, this amazing um, mountain resort. The, 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 what's, what's great about Big Sky is that, um, yes, ski in, ski out, golf on property, all the amenities of the hotel, but uh, for a summer destination, you're less than an hour from the gates of Yellowstone, West Yellowstone. So the park is such a draw and attraction. So we think the summers as well as the winters are going to be incredibly strong for, for Big Sky. So super excited about that. Um, we're under construction development in uh, La Quinta, California on a montage, which is uh, 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 in the Palm Springs market, not far from the Coachella Festival. So it's a market we think is underserved for luxury hotels. So a great opportunity to introduce our brand uh, there. Um, and we're continuing to look, uh, look, look around the globe for great opportunities. We're looking at expanding perhaps more in Mexico and the Caribbean we've been looking at. So, um, and we've, uh, through the years, have taken a hard look in, in Europe. We've came very close to a deal in London that didn't quite work out. We don't win them all. Um, but we're still looking at the major gateway cities around the world and some key resort destinations. And on the Pendry side, it's even more aggressive. Yeah, I think um, it's it's you know I feel like the my word of the day is balance. Uh, it's a balance between you know having something to say and having a point of view and having a particular take on each destination, each market. As long as we think we can add something and and be 
competitive and create something really special and the economic uh, the economics work uh, you know we're we're interested uh, if we think we can execute on it as well right that's that's also maybe the most important part um, so yeah I think we know we know Pendry will grow faster than montage um, by a count of maybe two or three to one um, and we have some amazing things upcoming. We're under construction on, we're either under construction or about to be construct, uh, in construction on six different Pendry projects right now. Uh, the next one to open will be West Hollywood. Pendry West Hollywood on Sunset, incredible we're location. We're excited about that one. It's an amazing hotel. It's um, you know, 149 rooms, uh, 40 condos, uh, restaurant on Sunset, music venue on Sunset, Rooftop pool, signature restaurant on the roof, uh, private club in the basement of the hotel, two bowling lanes, uh, screening room. I mean, it's, it has every bell and whistle, and location is amazing. Views are insane. Architecture is incredible. Martin Rodnitsky is doing the interiors. We're, we're, we have everything going. Oh, and we just announced Wolfgang Puck is doing all the culinary for that hotel. So that one's shaping up to be a, you know, really successful for us. We're very excited for it. Uh, and it's really a home market for us in Southern California. Uh, New York, Pendry Manhattan West, uh, in, in Manhattan West, directly across the street from Hudson Yards. Brookfield has been an amazing What's the timing partner. on that one? That'll be uh, late spring or summer of 21. So amazing hotel, uh, very contemporary design, clean, uh, breath of fresh air in a very busy city, uh, it's all all ground up, brand new, so it's you know built to spec. It's a it's a really really you know beautiful. Christine Gachot, Gachot Studios designing it for us. They're they're amazing. Um, can't be more excited. Like biggest, buzziest, most exciting, interesting neighborhood in New York and newest in New York. So really excited to make our mark there. Uh, and then out in the countryside, an hour outside of the city, uh, in the home of the former king of Morocco. We're doing Pendry Natterar. It's it's in Somerset County, New Jersey. So less than an hour west, uh, three-story Tudor mansion being reconcepted to be a hotel, 66-room hotel. They add a wing to the mansion, uh, add incredible restaurant space, a couple of bars, some great lounge space, some meeting space. There's a 12-acre farm, restaurant on the farm, uh, tennis courts. I've There's heard it's beautiful. A river on property with fly fishing. Uh, unbelievable. It will be the best spa in the state. Uh, and really, we, we want to create a wholesome, culinary-driven, spa-driven resort experience. Very simple drive from New York. Um, and, and create a real destination. It's sort of a, a Blackberry Farms of, of the Northeast an hour away from New York. So... And we're underway there, really excited, um, have a great partner uh, on that, and, and uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be great. And to think about pairing that city and country with New York, with Manhattan West, I mean, we've been, we've been trying to get to New York for 15 years in the right way with either Montage or Pendry, and we're the only luxury hotel operator to come in with a city and country play, and we're really excited for that. So um, that's great. We're doing a ski resort in Park City. Also, you know, phenomenally excited for that. Uh, we're in the canyons, completely uh, sort of, uh, you know, placemaking and, and, and helping uh, 
turn a page and create an unbelievable destination in the canyons. Uh, and Vail Resorts is operating the ski there now, and they're doing a great job. And we've got a, a really strong sort of visionary development partner that we're working with there. Uh, great architecture, r- really trying to create a very contemporary, very forward-thinking ski hotel. Um, light woods, glass, steel, very different for the mountains. Lots of programming, lots of restaurants. Uh, What's the timing for that one? That'll be winter of 21 and 22. We're under we're selling condos there right now. So anybody that's listening that wants a ski place, um, please hit us up. Uh, and off to a great start. We've got uh, almost almost 100 million in um, reservations on the books right now for uh, for condo sales. So really excited, um, and uh, that'll be a good one. And I don't know what else. La Quinta. We've got Pedri uh, La, yeah. La Quinta at the base of the Santa Rosa Mountains. We're doing a montage there as well. Um, really underserved market for luxury and new luxury. Uh, so yeah, we've got a great mid-century modern piece of architecture there. And, uh, you know, act, we're creating some scene and some sizzle at the Pendry hotel also have some really great family programming there, um, and some great water activities. Uh, it's just, it's awesome. And the desert, we're big believers in the desert. Our brand resonates really well there in Southern California. We're so close to Coachella. Um, I think we're about 10 minutes away from the polo fields at Coachella. And we love the cultural programming that's happening in the desert now. Mm -hmm. And those festival seasons are growing. And the actual season of when people want to be in the desert is extending. So there's, there's a lot. And if we step back, we look at it and say, well, now, you know, a few years out, we'll have Pendry hotels and some you know, the biggest cities in the U.S., um, some unbelievable resort markets, and the best neighborhoods and the most upcoming, like, cool, uh, you know, uh, non-gateway cities. Uh, San Diego and Baltimore is an example of those. So we have a, a you know, a product that works almost anywhere. Um, you know, we're still trying to be disciplined about where we are, disciplined about where we'll put the brand, we'll put the flag. Um, but these are all unbelievable locations, like the, the neighborhoods we want to be in. And, oh, oh, by the way, we're turning down a ton of stuff. I mean, we're not, we're not growing for growth's sake. But, again, the brand's resonating. We feel a responsibility that if people are asking for this product and this experience and we're creating something special, we should continue doing that. So, uh, yeah, future's bright. Lots of momentum. Really excited. by being with you guys how committed you are to, to really the integrity of, of what you're doing. I have to ask Alan, so in New Jersey, uh, the development you're doing there, does it feel really great to be coming home in a sense? I mean, you, you talked about, you know, your home market of Orange County and how you're doing so much there. It's got to feel really cool to go back there. It does. We've had, Michael and I were out there on Sunday because we're in New York now, so we, we, we spent the day out there, and it just... Um, yeah, that is a time. I, I do reflect a little bit when I'm there. I, I was thinking back to, oh my gosh, this is uh, you know, where I grew up, you know, not too far away from there. And just the whole notion of being in New Jersey is inspiring. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond excited to do it too. And the ambition of doing something that spectacular in New Jersey, I don't know that anybody's really tried to do that. Um, it's great. What a legacy, like well, to be able to get to as do that. Someone who lives you know, who's been in New York City for a long time. I now live in Connecticut. But we're always looking for places, whether it's family, girlfriends, you know, my husband and I, to go for a night or two that are these, you know, destinations because you, living in the New York area, you have to escape, so to speak. And it's 
there's there's a few really good ones, but there's not enough. There's absolutely a market for it. And like you said, that city and country, especially for, you know, Midwest, West Coast, obviously Europe, UK, um, it makes a lot of sense. So we'll end with, I'm, I'm always curious to know, you know, when you guys are traveling, like what are you, what have historically been some of your favorite hotels or when you're going on vacation or is it, you know, wh- where do you, where do you love to stay? Or your favorite hotel in the world? So, um, Besides yours, of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, I stayed in, um, in Tahiti at uh, the Brando recently. Um, an amazing experience. I love what they're doing, sustainability, yet it's luxury, it's small in scale, and so it was, uh, it, it was remarkable. So that was a great experience as an example. Um, so I, I like a, a beach getaway where we could disconnect that way. Uh, also been a big fan of Italy, traveling to, uh, traveling to the resorts, and the more classic old world resorts. Um, I get inspiration there as well. So um, I love to travel, and, and, and there's always, for me, travel is generally a little bit of work and a little bit of pleasure, trying, combining the two, and, and uh, continue to do that. But the, uh, I always um, look for new things when I travel. Mm-hmm. One, I get asked quite often, boy, as a luxury operator, you must be really critical. And I say, not really. I'm only looking for things that people do really well, so we can get inspiration and reinterpret for our own use. So uh, travel is such an important part of doing that and just getting away to some great places. And we've been really fortunate to be able to do that. What about you? Yeah. How has it changed now that you have a two-and-a-half-year-old? And yeah, it, I mean, has it changed? Yeah, well, everything's changed <laughs> with a two-and-a-half-year-old. Uh, if he's going to go tropical in Italy, I'll, I'll give you... About Ashford Castle in Ireland is amazing. I had a great, great experience there. I think, um, you know, stay in something that's historic and has a soul. And, you know, the the programming there and the activities there and the grounds and just how special that is amongst, I mean, it's it's the least commoditized. It's, it's just everything is just completely unique and specific to that hotel. So um, that's a good one. I really like that one. We honeymooned there many years ago um there's so much good stuff out there it's true too you know it's like there's great products but then there's also the memories that you have around certain places so you you know you honeymooned there or you know i know i've mentioned it now twice but being at montage palmetto bluff because i was there with my parents some of my best friends like we had this really special experience um that I'll never forget. My godparents were there. There it was like so many people I loved in one place, coupled with these really spectacular experiences in a beautiful property in the setting. And um, so you know that that's when it really you know resonates. When we started Montage, one of the things we were looking to do was become the place where traditions are made, where families go back every Thanksgiving or every Christmas or every Easter, and creating those kind of places that have the soul that bring families together that for generations you think of and I th- and I and I, and I got I drew that from the resorts of yesteryear the big grand resorts that people uh, incorporated into their family traditions and when I hear the stories about people and I've seen that firsthand at the montage hotels and, res- and the different resorts where people have been doing it year after year it's it's been been 
been amazing. And to, to hear a story where um, uh, a child, as a child, uh, this little girl played in our paint box, which is our children's program, and then got married and at our property. Because so inspired by seeing the weddings at the property, and it was their dream location. So those types of things are so cool. That's real, real success, right? When you can really be a part of people's lives and most special memories. So you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And um, we're super fans. So thanks a lot. I'm excited to see what you you. guys are going to continue to do. Thank you. Thank you.